I would like to start off by acknowledging all tangata whenua of Tamaki Makoto, where I am recording. I pay my respect to tūpuna past and present here and across the motu. Ngā mihi nui ki Oh my god, yes! Okay, so I just did that for the first time without having to look at my notes because it's in my head and I got it down. I'm just going to be proud of myself there. <laughs> Hello, kia ora and welcome to Ribbon Tied Dreams, a Quera's fuck podcast uh, by myself, uh, Miss Gina. Uh, today I am just by myself, no guest. Um, so let's just see how this goes, because usually with a guest you kind of like bounce off each other, but today it's just me having a little korero with everybody. Um, hello! Uh, if you are a first-time listener to my podcast, welcome! Um, a podcast is just a place where I'm able to chat about anything. Um, no pressure of like a camera on me, so I'm like worrying about how I look it's just like me talking. Um, I really like getting in guests um, because I want to showcase other people in our community and not just talk about myself. Um, but it's been like almost two months. And so, um, yeah, hello if you're a first-time uh, listener because, well, um, it's been a big couple of months um, for me. So I've got a lot of new followers um, because of Pride events that I was hosting and performing at. I went down to Wellington. Um, and also the big thing that uh, I I tried to keep a secret, uh, not like some people, <laughs> um, but uh, House of Drag Season 2 on TVNZ uh, premiered beginning of uh, February and on the fourth week, uh, the episode where I go in um, screened, was on streaming. It's not screened, streamed. Um, <laughs> um, excuse me. And so, yeah, my follower accounts on everything has kind of gone up by a couple of hundred all over the board. So, um, hello, new people. Um, welcome. Uh, well, I guess first things first. Um, anyone out there who's listening who may be self-isolating because of the COVID-19 that is sending the world crazy. Um, I hope uh, that however long this is, <laughs> this podcast, um, it um, fills up a gap in your day um, because I'm sure, I'm sure people are quite smart and they're figuring out things to do. Uh, but for me, like I love putting on a podcast while doing my makeup in the morning or even when I'm in the shower, I'll have a podcast playing. And um, it's just... For someone who has had mental health issues all my life, uh, anxiety is the big one. I've always found it hard to find things to do to keep my mind off going to a dark place, which then, if, it, if my anxiety gets bad, can lead into like a depressive state. Um, and I can't believe it took me so long. I mean, I've been on the internet making content um, for over 10 years, and it took me so long to like, um, attach myself to podcasts, not just making them, but like listening to them. Uh, only like, uh, I've only been listening to podcasts for under two years, you know? So I find them to be such an important thing in my life right now. Like I cannot go a week without listening. Like every week 
I, I wish I could upload every week. It's it's a lot. Um, I don't have an editor or a producer. I do it all myself. But like other podcasts that I listen to, it's like a weekly thing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Thursday. That means the new, this one's out. Or, um, you know, Saturdays, there's a couple more that come out. So like on a Sunday, I can listen to them and et cetera. So podcasts for me are like a really important thing. So I really want to try, I keep saying it every time, like do more so that people can listen and because, I mean, if, if I'm enjoying podcasts, like, I really hope that people enjoy mine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so the world is in a bit of an interesting place right now. So I'm recording this on Tuesday evening here in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and, well, yeah, COVID-19. Um, a few weeks ago, I, even myself, was kind of like, meh, the media's just, you know, blowing it up and I kind of kind of done a bit of research and uh, it's hard to like take something like this seriously when like we're all just stuck in our own routines you know whether it's get up go to work we've got shows on if we're in the arts industry if you're whatever you know whatever you're doing with your life we us as a society right now we're stuck we're always in a routine for whatever it is we're doing and so for something this of this magnitude to like affect the entire world, you know, putting a stop to cruise ships and then planes and now borders are being closed and freaking like, you know, it's not just that. It's a trickle down thing where like people aren't going out and spending money. So small businesses are affected. I mean, I'm an Uber driver part time. Um, and so like Uber has been really quiet this week and I'm already behind in a lot of uh, payments and things that I owe because um, the Pride season was just very busy. And yes, I was making good money for doing drag, but that meant I wasn't Ubering as much. And like, I just got back from like Sydney Mardi Gras and like I spent a little bit too much money. Anyway, anyway, that's another topic, money. Blah. But like, you know, like I'm out here friggin' hustling day to day just to like make ends meet. And I'm sure a lot of other people are struggling. And so with everything that's happening now it's bringing everything down so everyone's starting to like freak out uh and i'm not just talking about going out and like you know buying supplies at the supermarket i'm talking about like freaking out as in like people who suffer from mental health issues we are like well i'm sure i'm not alone freaking about like money how am i going to survive how am i going to get money to work how am i going to pay rent and it and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Thank God. And when I say God, I mean Jacinda Ardern. Um, for the announcement today, New Zealand's government um, have created um, or put money towards packages to support uh, people who will be losing income. So like small businesses, self-employed people. Oh my gosh, thank you. So, I mean, I'm applying. Hell yeah, because my... Uber, which is like my Uber roughly on average, I'd say makes up like to between 40 to 60% of my income, depending on the week, because I also work um, two nights a week at Kaluzi Cabaret. Um, well, that's only two shifts a week and that can go up and down um, depending on the time of the year. But then so I make it make the rest of my weekly paycheck up with Ubering because it's self-employed. I'm my own boss. I can choose when to work. It's great. Um, and then drag is the, the like the third top up. And during Pride Month, like I was earning like way over fifty percent of my income drag, you know, in gigs. So that was great. But yeah, like 
it's a scary time. And so what I'm trying to say is that during this time, I just think that the best things we can do is just be like cautious with, I guess, people around you. Obviously, it's really good. A lot of big events of more than 500 are being cancelled, but also just like smaller things like don't go out to the club this weekend and be around sweaty people and stuff. Just like, you know, get a couple of friends together and watch a movie or like listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, my main po- takeaway from this is I think we just need to look after each other. You know, if you've got friends that work in hospitality, retail, you know, there's going to be staff cuts, reduced hours. Um, I think it's really important just to like message those people because not everyone is not everyone works in say like an office and it's like oh you can work from home just work on your laptop you know not everyone has the security or safety or that a lot of people don't have savings that they can fall back on or work payouts like you know for holiday pay or sick pay so reach out to those friends that you think may be going through a tough time right now I mean I know I am I know some of my friends are um and we're all just messaging each other like um yeah, I think it's really important. I, I was like about to say like an example of a, a name, but I mean, I'm not going to, you know, call people out just yet. Um, So yeah, I think that's like the most really important thing to take away from this. Oh my God, what a long intro. What, I don't even know what I'm at. Okay, let me just have a look on my computer. Oh, where can I do that? Oh, that was nine minutes. Okay, hi. Okay, so um, moving on. Well, yeah, so it's been, as I said, really busy for me. Um, so back in, uh, January, end of January was my last podcast with Max Tweedy, uh, director of Auckland Pride. And oh my God, what an amazing pride Auckland had. So I was involved in many events, um, and in the lead up to pride, um, I decided to go on a diet for the first time in my life. Now, not that I think I'm overweight or anything, it was just that I needed to force myself to look after myself, basically. So I had a lot of gigs coming up where I was actually not just doing, like, performing in drag, lip syncing. I was actually, like, singing live and hosting uh, a few gigs, which meant, like, yeah, I guess it's like I do think about what other people think of me and I wanted to look good on stage, but my weight had gotten a little bit out of hand because I've been unhealthy, uh, hormones, which I'm on for my transition. Um, I put on weight quite easily and I had, and also just not like, in, I, when I used to work full-time in hospitality, I, that was my going to the gym, you know, a, 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 up to 10 hour shift on your feet back and forth, like that kind of kept me fit. But um, I haven't really worked a, in full time for a while, which is another story. We love workplace bullying. Huh? Um, so I kind of struggled finding places where I fitted in. I've been treated differently by, anyway, that's a totally another podcast. I'm going off topic. I always do this when I'm alone and just rambling. Um, so I, yeah, it was I basically before I started taking hormones. So 24 going on 25. I was lucky to have a fast metabolism and I was male, I biological And so I was 54 kgs. I know, it's like sad. And 
when I think, oh, that's right, I was that way, I can, and I look at photos of me, I can see why people would be like, and I hate this, but people would be like, eat a pie, or like, are you, are you not, are you anorexic? Like, are you okay? Like, and it was so, like, annoying, but, like, I can see why people thought that. But I guess I was just lucky that I could eat whatever I wanted and I never put on any weight. But in saying that, I was, I've never been healthy. Anyway, I was up to 77 kgs. Um, and it had been kind of like a gradual thing, but just in the last like year or two, I just started to notice like my belly was like, I was starting to get a belly and I needed to just like force myself to start eating better. So I actually, yeah, three weeks out from my first pride gig, I cut out meat. I cut out most carbs. I cut out sugar and dairy. Now, I'm not going to say that I was vegan or vegetarian because, I mean, some things do have, like, animal product or, um, like, I would have a piece of salmon every now and again. Um, But, like, yeah, all those big things, like the sugar and the dairy and the meat was just, like, a big thing. And I was working out, like, every single day right up into the lead up of February. Like, I didn't have a day off. So um, my body was getting, you know. Anyway, I've never dieted, never worked out. But I was just like, I need to do this for me just to, like, Get rid of this belly because when I'm on stage for my gigs, um, I would be singing live and dancing, especially for Big Gay Out, which was like the, it's the highlight of my career in terms of my music and just like as a performer. It was a dream of mine since I was like uh, first moved to Auckland, so like 19, 20. And I finally did that. I had the opportunity and it was amazing. It was like the greatest hits <laughs> that I could fit into 10 minutes of me. Um but anyway, yeah, so I was just like going hardcore and because singing on stage, like if I was in and drag, like if I was corseted, I wouldn't be able to sing properly and breathe. So that was like the the other main push. It wasn't that I didn't like the way I looked or wanted to, you know, look skinny for other people. It was more like I want to be healthy because I need energy. I need energy when I'm performing, especially for Big Gay Out. Ten minutes on stage of live singing and dancing, like I needed to be fit and I needed to be able to sing and then look good. <laughs> so that was that. Um, and then during Pride, I just like so many gigs. And it was amazing. Um, I, yeah, big gay out. I was hosting uh, the um, After the March at Altia Square. Um, and then the House of Drag finally happened. And so, like, February was just, like, nonstop. Like, every weekend it was, like, a couple of gigs. During the week it was, like... Here's the other thing. When I'm putting a show together, sometimes it's, like, oh, I'll choose a song and send it send it away, press play, and I just go up and lip sync it, whatever. There's no... I don't need... There's not a lot of effort into it, you know. I mean, there is effort, but there's not, like, um, uh, practice. No, wait, what am I trying to say? There's not, um, preparation. Preparation's the word I'm looking for. Fuck dyslexia. Um, but because a lot of my gigs were singing, that means I had to go in and, like, edit my own songs or put a mix together and practice the singing or the dancing. Um, and a lot of my shows, yeah, I'm, like, mixing the tracks myself. So, like, even during the week, it's, like, like half an hour to an hour every couple of days, like, of mixing and putting stuff together. So, you know... Don't think that, like, drag's easy or, like, uh, as an artist, like, 
what I do is like, I'll just choose a song and then perform it on the weekend. Like during the week, I'm putting tracks together. I'm editing. I'm, you know, there's a lot of hours and hours that go into a three minute performance, you know? So as well as these gigs during the week, I've got to like, obviously got to pay rent and stuff. So I'm like out here Ubering every day. I'm hustling um, and also getting all of my like social media and like just posts and like things ready for the debut of House of Drag. And also behind the scenes, I was editing and producing a new song from scratch called Intruders with my fellow intruders. And so that um, took up weeks uh, leading up to it of, oh my God, I got the hiccups, of like editing and putting it together and back and forth with Spanky and Lily, like with lyrics and like recording, being like, oh, redo this line or okay, that bit sounds good. Oh, let's add that or let's take that away. You know, it was, it was a lot. Um, and then near the end of February, like sort of Pride was sort of finishing. Uh, and then I'd already, you know, planned to go to Sydney for Mardi Gras, which was just like one of the best weekends of my entire life. Like, it's my fourth year in a row going to Mardi Gras and it's just such a, it's just a weekend where you can just kind of escape and party and just feel really proud. Um, I mean, I know that Mardi Gras still has its flaws um, in terms of like the commercial, yeah, commercialization of it and um, obviously people know where, what my political views are with Pride. And I mean, I was very much involved in Auckland Pride and I'm very much that co- uh, police don't belong in Pride in their uniforms. That's, you know, my political stance and I'm very much for that. So it's kind of like, oh, is it hypocritical to attend Mardi Gras? Cause it's, you know, cause with Auckland Pride being, you know, all that stuff. Um, but like, I just love it because I'm surrounded by so many queer people when I go there and it's it's the biggest queer event in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe even the world. I know it's Southern Hemisphere. I don't know about the world, but, you know, it's amazing. And so it was just such a good, like, that was my first weekend off in six months, like actually my first weekend off because I've just been working and working and working. But even so, it wasn't like a weekend of relaxing because it was just like bam, 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 full on. And then so I came back, um, I brought quite a few things over there. I, and I'm investing in my drag. Like being on House of Drag really pushed me to take my drag seriously and invest in it. So I got quite a lot of things from House of Priscilla when I was there. Um, I'm so excited to like perform in them. I, I used the outfit that I got uh, to perform in Wellington. Um, so yeah, the weekend after that, uh, it was just like go, go, go. And on the Friday after Mardi Gras, and then the next day, Saturday, which is when I was getting flown down for Wellington Pride, my body just, like, crashed. Um, I all of a sudden just got exhaustion. I thought I was going to faint. Um, I ended up still having to go to work because there was no one to work. Um, I don't hold my workplace accountable for that at all. But I'm just saying, like, s- storytelling. Um, yeah, it just kind of hit because I was just, like, nonstop for a good four or five weeks of like, well, even more than that, if I consider like the build up to to February of like working out and dieting and just like preparing all of my music and performances and then bam. And so, yeah, like I was really close to like canceling going to Wellington Pride, but um, 
woke up the next morning. It was like, okay, I can do this. Um, and I got through it. So yeah, Wellington was really cool. So it was like a huge opportunity. I was asked by um, Anthem, who were the, like, I guess the official after party for the Wellington International Pride Parade. And now that's another issue. Um, <laughs> as I said, you know my political stance with Pride. So um, anyone out there that wants to cancel me for accepting a gig via Wellington International Pride, um, I'm very sorry that if you feel some kind of way, I, I fully support the performers that pulled out of gigs through them and, and I support you and I support the community and everything like that. But also as a performer who needs to survive as a trans artist who doesn't get that like I've had I'm very very blessed with the amount of bookings I had through Pride but in general like it's a struggle out there to like get good gigs um and so I accepted the the gig which was performing at the waterfront for one number and then performing at the anthem after party um I accepted those gigs because I think it's really important for trans representation in these kind of corporate funded events you know um if it wasn't if i also was to pull out of something like that who are they going to get are they going to get another cis male in drag to do it or are they you know you know what i mean like they you know or you know if all queer performers were to pull out of an event like this that end up just casting hetero performers at Pride events. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where does it... So I totally understand that. But, yeah, I accepted the gig because, I mean, <laughs> got free flights and accommodation, all sponsored, just to brag. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's, like, important for my... me as a trans performer to be taking gigs like that. Oh, yeah, so going off that, like, it's it's really surreal. Like, I feel like I am legit living my dream. Now, not the dream where I've got, like, millions of dollars and I'm the most beautiful person in the world because of whatever, or... I've met the man or woman of my dreams and I'm happily in love. No, like that dream hasn't happened. But the dream of the fact. Okay, so when I was a little boy growing up, you know, I'm talking about like under, bump bump the mic, sorry, under the age of like 10, you know, when I was like five, six, seven, in my room, in front of my mirror with a T-shirt on my head as a, as a wig and pretending I had long hair and I'd be singing S Club 7 or Britney Spears or oh my god Celine Dion like whatever pop bewitched oh my god bewitched yeah steps yes um I was like always looking in the mirror and imagining myself as a pop princess I was always like I want to be a female I want to sing, I want to dance, I want to be on a stage. Ever since I was really little. And now I'm doing it. I may not be like big and famous and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter. Even just like doing one little drag gig at a club. It's like, here you go, you know, it's a $100, you 
friggin' gig, whatever, but I'm performing and I'm, even if it's lip syncing, like, I'm doing what I was most passionate about when I was five years old, what I always wanted to do, and now I'm getting to do it in front of people and I'm getting paid and I'm enjoying it. I'm making people happy and I'm making people sing and dance. Like that, I am living the the dream that my five-year-old self had. That's like, and I only just realized that like a few months ago. I was like, wait a minute. I'm actually doing what I always wanted to do. I'm only doing it, you know, since I started, well, since since I started releasing music as Patty Boy, I was, you know, I was getting there, but I was still finding my, my, my feet and like my image and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I mean, Patty Boy was still a very insecure person and all that, but the reason why it took me so long is because, well, you know, bullying, once I started getting bullied and intermediate and then high school and I felt so ashamed of who I really was and so I, I obviously hid my my gender and my sexuality and I pretended to be all, you know, like manly in front of the boys in school and I had a girlfriend and I tried to, you know, uh, not to discredit, um, not to, no, not discredit, what's the word? Not to like dismiss my relationship with her, it was le- legit, but like, you know, I was in the closet because of the bullying and the way that people made me feel and I wanted to try and please others by like, oh no, nah, yeah, I'm a guy, yep, oh no, nah, I like girls and oh no, nah, I, I hate that girly music, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to Linkin Park and Eminem as well since you cool, cool guys are, I mean, I actually do like Linkin Park and Eminem, but like, you know what I mean, like, it's like I tried to pretend I didn't like that girly stuff. And that stuck with me for so many years until I finally, you know, when I left high school and then, like, I started making music on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, that was through my 20s. So, like, and now look where I am. And it's, like, really, it makes me so happy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, if anyone is, like, struggling to, like, figure out, like, what their purpose is or what their, what their, what your actual real interests and hobbies are or something, like you're you're kind of like stuck. Maybe try and remember what you used to love when you were five years old. Like it might not be exactly what I was. Maybe it was something else. Maybe when you were five, you liked something really silly, and now and then you're reminded like, oh, why did I forget that I liked doing that? Oh, you know. And then yeah, figure out what that is, and maybe you can make a career out of something you used to like, but then you forgot because of life and because your parents said no, you're not allowed to do this, you have to become this, you know. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. <laughs> but yeah, um what else? Oh yeah. So it's been really interesting uh over over the weekend. Um and I mean this uh, I think I'm going to have to save House of Drag for like a, a completely different podcast cuz that's a whole topic. And like <laughs> I was wanting to do a podcast episode every single week with like the eliminated person and we could do a recap and da da da, but I've just had no time. But yeah, there's been a lot of hate directed towards some of the contestants. I mean, we've already spoken about it. I'm not going to go into more, but like, you know, obviously it's just not, I'm sure the people listening to this, you know, love all of us, uh, surely. Like, I don't need to, school people on my podcast about what's right and wrong oops um but like yeah what was really tough for me over the weekend was um 
there was this person who I got sent their story, which was like, um, oh, the intruders ruined the show. And it struck a nerve with me because, not just because this person said that, but just because the treatment we got during and even after was just like, it was like dis- dismissing us as drag artists and our right to be on the show. And I've already put up a story about this. Like, we were all cast at the same time. We were set to go in at the same time. But then a few days out, producers were like, hey, we want to create a storyline where there's intruders. Bam. So it, like, had a nerve with me, and I, like, reposted it and screenshotted their story. And I was just like, um, no. And then I popped off. Anyway, and then, like, I decided to delete it because I thought, no, that's a bit bad, you know, like, me screenshotting haters or trolls or whatever you want to call them and like putting their name on my stories because then that just continues the sort of the whole drama and it's just like I don't want my followers to then go over to them and send them hate you know it's just it's just a vicious cycle so I like deleted it but anyway then I what happens I got sent one of their stories by someone saying hey look I you know they're transphobic and I went and their story was basically calling me a busted tranny. Um, And I was just like, what? And so I just started to get, like, really down and upset, and I was like, all right, I'm going to fight back. And, you know, I didn't, like, breathe and think first. Um, And, yeah, this person ended up... God, I don't even know who they were, so I messaged a couple of people who were following them, and I was like, hey, who's this? Um, and then they were reposting D- their DMs of conversations with friends of theirs being like, oh, you you know, at least you look more like a female. Yeah, they still look like a man, you know. So that that goes into like, that is, when you're posting that publicly, that is harassment. That is transphobia. And I tried to message them and, like, say, hey, this is wrong. You can't use this word. And they were just so ignorant and did not get it. They were, like, they thought it was okay because they've said it to other trans friends of theirs and they've laughed. And I'm just like, well, no, that's not how it is. Um, and what really upset me is, I mean, okay, okay, let's just think of the positives. So a lot of people who are friends with mine, a lot of my followers, um, were speaking up about it, messaging this person saying this is wrong. They were people that were following him were like, nah, I'm unfollowing and I'm blocking him because that's not okay. So I just want to say thank you for all the supporters out there who were like, being a trans ally and doing the right thing by either messaging this person and saying this is not okay. And a lot of people were report, apparently reporting his story because it got taken down. So it, it got taken down because it was reported, not because he took it down. Anyway, he refused to apologize to me. I gave him a chance um, but what really hurt is um, there's still a couple of people who I consider friends who haven't unfollowed him, and they know that he posted the stuff because I've actually messaged a couple of them, uh, one of them being someone who's also transgender. And if you're listening, sis, I just feel real disappointed that someone would side with <laughs> someone who's saying stuff, who's not just, like, being transphobic, but also, like, harassing me online you know putting out these hateful things which is so damaging to like younger people who may see that who may be questioning the agenda and 
yeah, it's just really sad. So, like, I just feel annoyed if anyone, you know, if if you're saying, if you're out there as, like, a trans ally and then you're putting, like, your friendship with that person or, like, you don't want to unfollow them because you want to keep, you want a, that follower number on your page. You know, like, no. You need to stand up to that shit. Anyway, moving on because that's that. But I just wanted to say, like, don't call yourself a trans ally. Don't call yourself an ally to POC. Don't call yourself an ally to whoever out there is a minority that needs support. And then when something actually does happen, you turn a blind eye to it. No. No. I mean, how? If one of my best friends did something bad, I'd probably, I would call them out and be like, yo, that's not okay. And if they were like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not going to apologize. If they were ignorant as fuck, I would not be friends with them anymore. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be associated with a racist or a transphobe. Like that's, that reflects badly on you. And that shows that you don't have the balls to stand up against shit that's happening in our community. I said what I said. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to save the House of Drag stuff for another episode because it's going to be too much. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to, like, catch up and say hi. And, like, I wanted to just get the ball going because I keep putting things off. Like, I keep putting YouTube videos off. I keep putting recording a podcast off because I'm so busy. But, like, I finally, okay, I just, like, have the evening off because I was working all day. Um, but, yeah, what... What's happening soon? So I really do want to put up um, a new video soon, which I just need to find the time with. But like with the what's happening right now, it's really uncertain. So I'm just trying to get as much work done as I can, trying to earn as much money as I can, because it's like, hmm. Um, so obviously, as someone like me, what you know, doing Uber drag working at Kaluzi, it's really uncertain, like, income over the next little while. So what you can do is support your fellow artist friends out there who are losing gigs because of cancellations. So things like streaming my music, um, it doesn't, you don't earn much from it, but streaming and sharing my music is a great way to put my name out there and showcase my work, because I'm really proud of everything I've done with my music and my videos. Um... I would like to announce that I have merch coming. I wasn't going to do merch because I thought, you know, like House of Drag, New Zealand, like it's not that big. Like it's a bit, it is a big deal in our community in here, but just like, and like I'm not going to be like putting out all this merch because I'm on a little TV show here. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to be, I'm not that vain. Um, But with what's going on, I feel like, Merch is like a quite actually quite a cool thing um, for both people. So like I mean, it's not like I'm going to make much from it if you buy something. Like the margin's really small, but like I have a few cool, funny lines on the show, so I may put a few things on like stickers or whatever. And I'm getting someone to design um, a, like a sketch of me that I might put on t-shirts or mugs. So I think that might be quite cool, and it's just a way that you can support me and then um, have something yourself as well. Um, 
Also, my Patreon. Oh my god, yes. So I need to go through and thank everyone on my Patreon. I'll do that at the end. Um, please become a Patreon if you can. Um, you can become a friend, which is a dollar a month. You can become a unicorn, which is five dollars a month, or you can become an angel, which is ten dollars a month. Um, now, full transparency. The reason why I have a Patreon is because um, hosting this on SoundCloud. Um, it cost me 18 or 16 I think it's 18 $18 a month to host. So that's why I need, like, you know, a few patrons just to help. Like, I know it's not much. It's not much to some people, but, like, it kind of is when you're a struggling artist like me uh, who can't get normal work because, yeah, I get bullied and I feel uncomfortable in the workplace. Um, and, yeah, I'm made to feel different. So... It's, it's hard for me to find a normal job, and it has for many years. So I need to do the hustle and do what I can. Um, so, yeah, Patreon really helps. And, like, I'm wanting to, like, invest a bit more time in it and, like, post things. Give, like, uh, what is it called? Rewards <laughs> to people that are donating a bit more on there. I've just had a few more over the last couple of days, and it's really nice. Um, merch, Patreon. Um... I'm going to try push out a new single soon, just before, like, the end of the season of House of Drag. Oh, now let's just see what I've been asked on uh, Instagram. I put up a little thing. Um, Miss M asks, what are you looking forward to this year? Well, I'm looking forward to COVID-19 being uh, eradicated and the world getting back to normal. You know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm being positive and I hope that everyone can bounce back after this. Um, and then after that, I guess I'm just, I'm looking forward to continuing being able to produce art and do what I do, which is music and performing. And yeah, just getting, at the moment, it's just like trying to get through day by day, to be honest. Um Cookie says, all the tea, love your podcast. Thank you. I've been following you for a while now. And it, um, thank you. It's nice to see. Nice to see. Um, Lady Lay asks, mental health. I've covered that. It's, it is what it is. Um, and how you've dealt with the abrasive opinions. Um, yep. Um, well, that's how I did it, you know. Um, at the time, yeah, seeing those comments is like, I mean, I did, I did cry, legit. You know, it got me down for that whole couple of days but um well day and then the next day I just had to get back up and I had to go to work like you know just got to do that um video games I don't really play I'm not a gamer I mean I like things like some city or like um Pokemon I love Pokemon so <laughs> but yeah that's about it um Erica asks um why don't you give the tea about your transitioning on YouTube yes I already spoke about that so um uh, to Erica um I have a planned video talking about transitioning um so that'll be a really good video to do i'm very excited to talk about my transition and my gender and everything um because it may be helpful to people out there who may be looking into transitioning or questioning oh there's one question in there that's a spam that's nice it just says i use storyvoter.com grows safely faster than ever okay thanks spam um and copper asks editing in house of drag and reality editing in general which 
yeah, as I said, I think I'm going to have to save House of Drag because this is already like 40 minutes um, for another episode on its own. Um, I will just say that I think what was said in the house was said, and I think people do need to like accept that they said what they said and own up to what they said. That's tea. But also there, there have been a few moments that were edited not correctly. I will say that, which is obviously um, Gentrify leaving. She didn't. It was implied that they left because Lily showed up, which is not true. Um, and I mean, like, reality TV, they do that. It is an evil thing. That's how they create drama and edit things together. And, like, I knew that when I went into the house. So I knew that anything I said, and if it was edited in a way, like, I can't complain because... I, that's reality. I knew what I was getting into. Um, but I'm very lucky that um, my edits haven't been too bad. So I... But well, yeah, I'll have to talk about that bigger another time. Okay, so this is just in alphabetical order. So I'm just going to go down the list. So thank you so much, Adam, Ang, Connor, Duck, Keita, Lockie, Lizzie, Reese, Rehana, and Stella. You are all my patrons at the moment. Thank you so much. Um, it honestly, yeah, just like makes my day and helps so much. But yeah, thank you for making my podcast a thing. And um, yeah, I hope everyone's okay out there. Please stay safe. Please look after yourself. Um, look after those around you as well, I think is my leaving message for this. Um, until next time, my darlings. Thank you.